Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for over 20 years, a past president of the ANA, the NCANA, and she's held many other leadership roles. As usual, our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs, and I think our topic today is definitely going to do that. And Sharon, what time is it? It's time to wake up, Jeremy. I think it is. One more time. (laughs) This is deja vu, don't you think? I think it is. How many have we? taped here at the annual congress Let's see, 16 right now 16 you're lucky number 16 yeah. our, our mystery guest yeah we have a guest in house with us but where are we the windy city yeah. chicago at aana annual congress and if you are not here you are missing out definitely missing out missed out on the party last night oh well you know how I feel about Pierce the DJ. <laughs> he was bringing down the house last night. That's Good what I heard. All the students Indeed. were talking about Indeed. it. Yeah. Oh, people were still talking about their feet hurting today. Yeah. Dancing all night. Well, our guest today is Laura Artisan. Welcome, Laura. Thank how are you, you today? Very much. I am great. Are you I've having had a good time in Chicago? Fabulous time in Chicago. Well, Laura's from New York City. How do we compare here? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little smaller. It's a little friendlier. Uh, New York uh, City is my heart, is my love, but this is a close second, this yeah. city. Well, tell our listeners a little bit about you. Sure. My name is Laura Artizone. I'm the director of CRNA Services at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. We have one specific purpose at our institution. It's cancer and cancer only. We have about 130 CRNAs across six anesthesia locations, six anesthesia sites. And prior to this role as chief CRNA, I've been here about five years at my institution. I was at Columbia University School of Nursing as a full-time faculty, and I got lured away from academia back oh, to the hospital. Back to the other side. Back Any to the- chance you'll ever go back to academia? <laughs> Not for the right now. For the right now, this is great, exciting. It's a new experience every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll bet. 130 CRNAs and oof. Tell it, wait, God bless you, you. You've got to hear this. Tell us about the Wonder Twins. Ah, the Wonder Twins. I have twin two-and-a-half-year-old children, oh, wow. a boy and a girl. My husband, the most wonderful man on earth, decided that from <laughs> birth and every month he would take a picture of them in a superhero outfit that he would match 
So we have probably 13 months of matching superhero How outfits cool that have been that? posted on Facebook. <laughs> that is cool. Now your Facebook page is going to get flooded there for requests. Yeah, right. request. I was watching something the other day and this guy had taken a picture. It might, I don't know if it was commercial or what it was. Every year when his daughter started school, the day before, mm-hmm. he took a picture and then he did a little video. And he asked about, you know, are you excited for school? You know, what do you think you're going to be doing this year? How old are you? And they, then he spliced it all together. And when she graduated, he gave it to oh her. My gosh. And oh, And you see this kid, and they said there was not a dry I'm so, sure. So my youngest, so I've got a, an 18-year-old and then a six-year-old. What are you looking at me for? I don't <laughs> know how old they are. <laughs> Usually Sharon gives me a little down the road about this, but... Uh, but yeah, so then I'm thinking, I'm going to do this, you know, because how cool would that be at the end? Yeah. You Have know? you been doing it? Well, they're just starting school this year. Oh, so. well. Yeah, Lauren, she got left out of this. Yeah. Because I definitely didn't Well, they didn't even her, have, but. we just got iPhones, I guess, if she's 18. Yeah, I mean, we didn't have them when she was You would have had to use a camcorder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're yeah. dating ourselves. You guys. know, I've read about something else. One day I'm going to be a grandparent i hope but they say to set up an email address when they're born and start oh. writing notes to them wow, so that good. they'll that's... have the letters that you write as a grandmother to them all in one place isn't that a cool that's a idea, great idea. Wow. that's a great idea a, that's that's a really great idea i love it i know that's good. well you could do it to your child yeah. you gotta be a little organized though and you know, there's not a lot of extra time in the day to be well, that organized. Not for women, because you still are responsible for 80% of the child care. So. There you go. I don't know. That's changing, Sharon. I see Thank so God. many people. Uh, yeah. That's another whole podcast. Yes, it sure is. So, Laura, you're going to talk about making the right first impression and how to prepare for a CRNA job interview, I'm assuming. Absolutely. You know, it's sort of a topic that's near and dear to me before my role as a chief CRNA. Probably I've interviewed maybe over 100 people, 120 people so far in this five years. Before that, I also interviewed people for school admissions. Uh And since my role as chief CRNA, I've also interviewed for many other people for positions. So administrative assistants, chairmen, service chiefs. Um, I've been on lots of search committees. So Mm. there's a kind of a way that I it's think... It's a unique skill set. It is a unique Be- skill set. And the and reason I say that is because whenever I try to interview at my office and I hire someone that never works out. So now they don't allow me in. They say, look who we've hired. Banned. You just come in and meet them because I, that is not my thing. Just not. So it really is a unique skill set. It is. And um, I also think it's interviewing correctly is a learned trait. Mm-hmm. We probably... We don't get really taught that, I think, in high school Mm -hmm. or college or graduate school. We're taught, especially nurse anesthesia education, there's reams of data that we need to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, That it's really the interviewing skills and how to prepare for it sometimes takes a back seat. So what are some of the skills that people should have whenever... Let's look at it from the interviewer. Obviously, we want to talk about the other side, but what are some skills you need as an interviewer? Great question. I do kind of a different interview kind of style. I um, make the interviewee feel comfortable. So it's very informal, Mm -hmm. but that is on purpose. 
Um, I want them to feel comfortable to Mm -hmm. talk to me so it can be conversational. And as we're having this conversation, I kind of understand that non-technical skill set. You know, CRNAs graduate. They're usually great providers. I've heard a lot about you before you even come to interview with me because it's a small anesthesia world. So when you get to me, I don't want to know so much about your skill set. I want to know how you're going to interact with other members mm. of the team. I want to know how you're going to handle pressure. I want to know if you can tell a joke. I want to know if you can... <laughs> can you take a joke? Can you take a joke? <laughs> yeah, that's, Do you have that's any, sometimes even better. Yeah. Have any situational awareness? Or are you going to come in and you're going to fight with everybody? You know, it's a very delicate balance in an operating room mm-hmm. about how you interact with everybody, that those are skills that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so my interview technique is a much more informal. That doesn't mean I'm not looking at lots of things, but it is more conversational. I do think an interviewer needs to be prepared. You should have looked at a CV, done some due diligence, gone through your resources to figure out who this person is who's sitting in front of you. Mm -hmm. And our world's very small. Exactly. It is really small. Again, before you come to me for an interview, I've probably asked three or four people about you. Mm -hmm. I think students don't realize sometimes that every day is a job interview, Mm -hmm. um, that you go to clinical, and also that we all kind of know each other, or there's like six degrees of separation, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody knows somebody who knows somebody who, you know, I could call one person and they could find somebody who Mm -hmm. knows them so i think that's an important thing for students to recognize what about social media because you hear about (laughs) i know i was thinking the same you know all the time and you know i mean people get guilty of doing things on social media they might not otherwise do and i know it can be used positively as well absolutely social media is has i think changed the way we interact with people with legislators with regulators Mm -hmm. with the world Absolutely, it's important. However, you should be pretty confident that your potential employer has seen your social media feed, has looked at things, is quietly in the background on CRNA, SRNA Facebook page, maybe not posting or commenting, but reading. Mm, That's Um, a very good point. (laughs) The other thing is there some of the big anesthesia groups and big hospitals have a whole HR system that has software that culls social media feeds to see if there are trigger words or things that you have said or themes that you've talked about. It doesn't happen so much on the scale of, I think, large anesthesia departments, but huge hospital systems that's happening. Corporate world, this is absolutely first round of what everybody does. That's a little scary. (laughs) Brave new world. I mean, it is. You know, when you talk about just like Facebook and, you know, of course, a lot of these SRNA, CRNA sites as well. And some of the stuff said out there, if I saw that, I would never hire that person. Mm -hmm. Ever. Never. Right. I mean, you know, the the mean and nasty things. And so, yeah, you got to be careful. Or even uh, there was an experience I had, you know, several years ago where there was an unhappy student who had posted about an institution about how not great it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was widely shared in the screenshot. I think people don't realize the impact of social media. Now, it has been yeah. great in many, many ways. It's a way to connect to people you would yeah, have never absolutely. connected to. That's we true. can get information. We can ask questions. We can find a CRNA who could take care of grandma exactly. in, in <laughs> Arkansas. I mean, that's right. wonderful. But there are some downsides. You know, we had Caroline Kilman 
on the podcast, and she's the student rep to the Education mm-hmm. Committee. She was until today. Until today. <laughs> she has just been dethroned by the next person. But she talked about the fact that she looks at leaders in our organization and we'll see their Facebook post and what a discrepancy that can be and it makes them think so I can imagine that it would be the same even if I'm thinking about going to work for you and I see something on your Facebook feed. You know Sharon that is so funny that you say that more and more over the past year or two I have had potential CRNAs come to interview with me who are so prepared they have watched a video I did five years ago. Right. They have called all my posts on CRNA, SRNA Facebook page. They've asked me questions about it. They are just as prepared about you, about the interviewer, mm-hmm. as you are prepared about them. Uh, and that's been a kind of a change mm-hmm. as well. Wow. Um, they've searched your website. They recognize whether there's a presence of CRNAs on your website. I can't tell you how many people have said, oh, I saw your video that you made six <laughs> years ago. It's a reminder to the interviewer mm-hmm. as well that mm-hmm. you uh, need to watch your social media. Well, what about in this environment, though? You know, CRNAs are obviously in high demand. Mm-hmm. Do you see that that affects people in interviews? I mean, are they as serious or do they think, you know what, if you don't hire me, there's three others lined up behind you? You ever see any of that? That's a good question. I would say yes. The demand in New York specifically, because mm-hmm. I'm in New York City, the market is hot right now. There are, you know, 10 jobs for every one interviewee. Right. And students and even CRNAs that are out now have their pick of their jobs. Right. So they are discerning consumers as well. Well, they, we're go- we're going to let you put the podcast on your Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. That's right, that's right. Well, now I'm giving away all my secrets. Uh, See, I'm conversational. <laughs> I like to tell a joke, and if you don't laugh, that's telling to me that uh, you may not be a good fit. <laughs> oh, so what are some resources to help me if I'm preparing to interview or Are there specific resources to help me learn this skill? Well, this is the interviewer or the interviewee? Both. Okay, so the interviewee. I would say you need to go in prepared. There's nothing worse than you coming in as the interviewee and asking basic questions. How many ORs do you have? Or how many CRNAs do you have? Or you know, that sort of stuff is easily accessible now right. on a web. You know, or you should be doing due diligence before you go there. You should find a CRNA who's worked there, an alumni who's worked there, and ask. Mm, ask those good. sort of questions before you go. So you go in and you're prepared and you can have a good conversation. The interviewer, I would say, should also, in the same vein, do the same amount of due diligence on the person who's coming in. But I also think they should, there's Harvard Business Review and some of the other things have ways to talk to people and ways to engage. There's checklists out there for interviewers. Mm -hmm. I don't typically subscribe to them, but there are some things out there, some tools that you can find easily Googleable. What are things that are off limits to ask the person that's interviewing you? And I'm sure you've got some funny stories about things that have happened in interviews. We'd love to hear some of them. <laughs> well, there's certainly the HR things that are off limits. You really can't ask somebody, 
marital status, how many kids they have. Right. Even though you want to be conversational with people, you, wow. you can't ask that. I will say people have volunteered all sorts of information to me. <laughs> you know, and the typical, you know, why are you moving to New York? You've been in X, Y, and Z state for, oh, I followed a boy. Oh, I followed a girl. <laughs> and then we broke up. And it's going on for five minutes. And I, you know, I, I laugh, I joke appropriately. Right. And then I say, wow, it's uh, a lot of information. TMI, <laughs> we'll say. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't really need to know all that. But those are some of the stories. You know, a little cringeworthy, but... I'll tell you a funny story really quick. So we're talking about this. We were going to hire this young lady. He was a millennial. Not that that means anything, but she was. <clears throat> it's just a classification. Just a yeah. classification. <laughs> that, just her age group. And we were going to offer her a job, and we, we did. We called her up, and we sent her an email. Never heard anything back. And I thought, well, maybe she's out of town. So the next week, one of the, the, the folks at my office called and finally got her to answer and said, did you get our, our phone calls and our emails? She said, yes, I did. She said, but I'm waiting to see if another position is going to make me an offer as well. And they came, <laughs> they came back to me and told me that, and I said, well, good. Just tell her that she needs to take the other position <laughs> because this one's no that. longer available. You know, but that, her, she thought nothing. Nothing of it. Nothing at all of it. It was just like, oh, I'm just waiting to see, and I'll get back to you. But that was the thought pattern. I would have never, ever, ever in a million years thought of doing it's, that. It's a different kind of motivation, I think. I do think the job market, especially for CRNAs and some yeah. other industries, is very good. And people do have options. Yeah. I will say some of the surprising things that people have told me is, I'm coming at, we have a lot of competition in New York. There's lots of big hospitals, lots of private groups, lots of 1099 locum work. There's a lot. But people say to me, I came to interview with you because you answered my email quickest. Uh, that, I mean, that was shocking to me. And I've had a lot of people say, I love your responsiveness on email. You respond right back to me in 20 minutes, or you have a question, it's immediate. You don't wait 24 hours, 48 hours. And, you know, I never thought of that. I never thought of that's something that's important to them. Wow. Well, advantage. I mean, I can see it from a certain point of view. Yeah. I know whenever I was running for office and I had a my Facebook page and people would send you questions on Facebook it tells it tabulates how long it takes you to respond yes it's frightening because one of my opponents clearly had a lot more time than I did <laughs> <laughs> or somebody answering on their behalf oh no it was it was him it was him doing it he was a young fella and he was fire captain and obviously there had not been any fires because his time was just a few minutes and sometimes it might take me a couple of hours to get back because they really frown on you being on your phone on Facebook while you have somebody asleep on the table do they yeah, yeah I well think I I don't so know. You I, tell me. Yeah, 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 yeah. We do frown on that. Now, I will say smartphones in the operating room, though, mm -hmm. have become ubiquitous. Right. You know, yeah. and uh, I have lots of programs and students who have said to me when they've interviewed with me, you know, my, my program bans me bringing my smartphone into the operating room. And my response to that is, well, you have about 15 different smart applications right. on there that you're, you're looking for information. How do you say you can't have access to those things in the operating room? Nobody's supposed to remember stuff anymore. Right. Our brains are overloaded. You're not kidding. So you're doing an interview. About how long would a typical interview last? 
depends. So again, I said I did a lot of research before the person came mm-hmm. in. So I kind of have a good feeling of whether I'm going to jive with them and they're going to be a fit for our department. For a CRNA interview, it's usually about 45 minutes of me talking. And then they do about a 45 minute tour either with myself or one of my assistant directors. Outside of CRNAs, you know, I just participated in an interview for our new OR executive director. That was an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they could be a half an hour, but I'd say a, a nice range would be about 30 to 45 minutes of good conversation of where we're going over benefits and with the pros and cons. I also have a little trick. I'll let you in on some secrets I have. <laughs> I always start with what are the top three things you're looking for in a job or a career, and that helps me guide the conversation. Because mm-hmm. if they say to me, my top three things are, and people say this, my schedule, my salary, and um, the my cases. Yeah, my time <laughs> off. Well, that's a very different conversation than right. someone who says to me, uh, maybe I'm going to let my trade secrets out. But someone who says to me, I value a good relate working relationship with the people I work with, um, mm-hmm. case variety, and the the opportunity to make a difference in patients' lives. Mm-hmm. Right. Those are good qualities. To well, me. I would challenge you to think that if they listen to this podcast and they hear your secrets, they've done their research, there too. Oh, That's there right. we go. That's winning, good. winning all around. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, you talk about benefits and time off. I mean, should most CRNAs address that? that like what they're looking for or is that something you say this is what we pay and this is what we give off how does that work in my particular practice arrangement there is not a lot of wiggle room for negotiations for a new graduate there's a package it's a very very fair package we have a large hr staff who does market analysis and compensation you are not a new graduate and you have some experience, there's certainly a little bit more room for us to talk about things. Now, that's not in every, you know, right. that's, I'm an academic medical center, so sure, right. there's not much. Um, what I would say, though, is you absolutely should know those things and ask those things. You may not want to lead with those things in an interview. Right. And I, I find that many times people have not been coached appropriately on that so they come in they bring out their spreadsheet which i i think is great which is a way to organize yourself but they go through a list of 10 questions of starting with salary to time off to benefits and you know hey we're just talking here Mm -hmm. let me get to know you first and i'm certainly going to go over that but let's get to know each other first and not just jump in Let's talk about how you dress for an interview, because I've heard a lot of different stories about that. Yes. You know, my my dad, this is actually very funny. My dad was the director of an HR for a very, very long time. So I I am fairly Mm. old school. I think you should dress for success. I think you want to demonstrate to your interviewer that you are confident and professional and you do that sometimes by how you dress now Mm -hmm. if you're in the tech industry in the finance industry there are billionaires wearing sneakers and t-shirts and that my husband works in the finance industry and nobody dresses up anymore right Mm -hmm. he used to work for a hedge fund and he would be in a three-piece suit every day Mm -hmm. that doesn't happen any longer right right? however if we want to compete at a level where we're taken seriously you need to dress for success i really do think people should dress up what about the follow-up? I've had an interview mm. with you. That was my next question. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we do that. You know, we, we just sort of get on the same wavelength. But, you know, I've had an interview with you. What should I do as follow-up? And what do I do if, you know, I hadn't heard back from you in a little while? That is a great question. Again, I am, this is my favorite story. Do you know that 
When I was going to be a nurse anesthetist, I was a nurse on the floor. Somebody came to intubate my patient. Mm -hmm. And I said, God, you're cool. Who are you? What do you do? And he said, oh, I'm a CRNA. And I said, oh, I have to do this. So I went to go shadow him. He turned out to be the chief. I wrote him a little thank you letter to say Mm -hmm. thank you for hosting me. Seven years later, I came back. He pulled out that thank you letter and said, "Wow, Laura, I remember you. You came to visit me. That's powerful. So... You know, a handwritten thank you note is always nice. I know that's not the world anymore, but a a nicely crafted email as a thank you and a follow-up, and not just generic, thank you for meeting with me, I think I'd be a good fit. No, bring back some of the conversation you had, Mm -hmm. some of the things that you talked about, and some of the reasons why you think you would be a good fit. That's memorable to someone who has, uh, you know, interviews, you know, 20, 30 people a month. You need to stand out. Yeah, um, I'll tell you who's the best at that. You're sitting beside him. Mm, I have yes. no doubt. I, I am sure she has beautiful handwriting. Yes. <laughs> you, you will get a note. Thank you. Something handwritten. That's Sharon. Now you know? it won't be a surprise. <laughs> but I will tell you, one of my daughters is tremendous at doing that. My attorney daughter. And she learned her lesson well. And believe it or not, she still writes letters. And whenever she was in law school, she wrote my daddy once a week and when he died we found, found them we oh, found okay. the letters it's a lost art yeah it truly yeah. truly is wow now what if they haven't heard from you in a while ah uh, if they haven't heard from me in a while which clearly you're a 20 minute girl <laughs> yes <laughs> something must be going on you know i usually end most interviews with next steps so i do set some expectations because I, I get it nobody wants to hang around and wait for right. laura artisan or the next three months i right. get it i do set expectations you should hear from me within the next two or three weeks and if you don't hear from me you can contact my talent acquisition person who will be like my hr contact there's nothing wrong with following up absolutely I am not perfect. I am human. Things happen. <laughs> Joint commission shows up. So, you know, oh, things you go to the back burner. <laughs> yes, things happen. <laughs> so please follow up. I would be cautious with your following up. Following up does not mean an email once a day for the next seven uh, days. Very <laughs> good point. <laughs> but you are a type A personality. I, I want to know. <laughs> I need to know. Um, <sighs> following up is okay, but in a in yeah. you know in a appropriate format. You know, it's been two or three weeks. Just wondering if you've made a decision yet that would be an appropriate way to follow up yeah good point yeah you know what if you hire that person <laughs> and you think you've hired one person oh and they turn into something else have you ever had that happen hmm. Hmm. yes i have yeah <laughs> um, i mean that could have a, a really dramatic impact on the organization it can you know most big centers will have this sort of six-month probationary period mm-hmm. where they can feel us out and we can feel them out. And at the end of that, mm-hmm. if it's not a good fit, we can both move on. I think that has happened before. You know, an employer wants you to be happy because a happy employee makes a good employee, makes good patient outcomes. Right. The employee wants to be happy as well. It's a, a good relationship mm-hmm. when things both work out. So do you have any final words of wisdom that you would like to impart to our listeners in case they've got an interview coming up? Final words of wisdom. Be confident in your skill set, one, but also recognize that you do stand on the shoulders of giants mm-hmm. and there's lots of people who have gone before you. So be somewhat humble, ask the right questions, and be prepared. Understand where you're going, what the practice environment is like. If it's a new state, 
ask somebody who lives in that state what's going on. Search the NYSANA website or the North Carolina website uh, yep. to see what's going on so you can understand the environment yourself. Yeah, I think that's great advice. But I do have one final question for you. you have any idea what it is? Uh, I do you're, not. You're in an interview now. <laughs> I do not. I do not. If you could change professions or do anything else you want, what would that be, Laura? Oh, gosh, I have a secret passion for Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh. If anybody's ever seen it, I watch I her, watched it one time. I watch her YouTube, her Instagram. Oh. I mean, it's very relaxing to go to sleep relaxing. at night. Yeah. Watch. I've never watched this show. Oh, Sharon. Oh, my gosh. I watched it, and there's this big boil thing, and they like <laughs> put it open, and they push it out. Ugh. You got you to like that yeah. stuff. Yeah, you got to like that yeah, stuff. I, I would be a dermatologist, absolutely. I like the Dr. stuff. Dr. Pimple Popper. Doctor. <laughs> the surprises never end. You just never know. You never know. <laughs> Are you the one who pops the pimples on your husband's back? In the summertime, mm, whenever I, I can sweat. neither she confirm want to nor deny <laughs> what's going on. That, that is, that's there. That's my one. She, she loves. She does that to you too. Loves it. Loves it. She's like, come here. Oh my like, gosh! Hey, we're sitting here at a five-star restaurant. Can you do this later, please? <laughs> we just need to get her to work on that cowlick in the crown of your head. You always oh, look that, like that's alfalfa. That's always going to be there. It's been there forever. <laughs> Uh, well, Laura, thank you so much for being here with us. It's been a My pleasure. My pleasure. And this is really good information. I think our listeners can get a lot out of this. That's CRNAs um, and SRNAs. Absolutely. Especially SRNAs. Yes. Yeah. That's really good stuff to know. Sharon, I think that's a wrap. I think so. So we're going to sign off from here in Chicago in the Windy City. We want to thank our listeners for listening to Beyond the Mask with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. If you're a fan, we ask you to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a review, but only if it's positive. No negatives, please. (laughs) And please share episodes on social media so we can get the word out. It's a wrap. Like what you're hearing? Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group. Today's show was made possible by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. 
That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. And thanks for your support of Beyond the Mask. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment, or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible, and we would appreciate your support. 